This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So my next guest is a Canadian-born, classically trained actor who is currently starring as Yvette Nicole in the Prime Video adaptation of Louise Penny's Three Pines books. Chances are you've seen her in numerous other TV worlds, including guest starring on Law & Order, uh, Star Trek, Discovery, and Heartland. Trained in Montreal, she continues to work on stage as well, including her critically acclaimed performances as Una in Blackbird. She was recently awarded... Uh, the 2022 Actress Best Female Performance for Last Call, and in 2018 was the recipient of the Breakthrough Artist of the Year Award. She used to save the day in Universal Studios' Waterworld live stunt show (laughs) and challenges her adventurous spirit with horseback riding, running, and fitness. It is my great pleasure to introduce you all today and for myself to get to know Sarah Booth. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Nice to meet you. It's great to meet you. So again, thanks so much, so much for taking the time to join me. You're a pretty busy girl these days. (laughs) It has been really busy, but I got to say, I am enjoying every moment, soaking it up for sure. Good for you. I mean, all the time, right? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, literally, I mean, you know, since you're a self-proclaimed adventurous spirit, why don't we just jump in and I'm going to ask you, well, first of all, congratulations on the on the huge success of the show. I mean, it just was just released. I know it's so prevalent in your life right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm so, so curious, like, what is the biggest challenge you face with this new milestone of success in your career? Oh, man, that's a great question. Because it's so fresh. <laughs> I feel like because the first two episodes just came out and they, you know, we still got we still got three more weeks of fun. I think so far, it's just been a lot of soaking up and not yet like taking action. Um, But I think after the holidays, I'll definitely have to have, you know, some good uh, team meetings with my agents and just kind of decide what do we want to do next? Where can this take us? Uh, Did it open doors? Did it not? So I think... The decision-making will probably be the hardest thing because prior to this, I've been auditioning for everything. People say, oh, do you say no to things? You, pa-? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm still in the situation that I'm auditioning for everything. I'm really trying to build my career. So we'll see if that shift happens. And if it does, I'm sure my indecisive soul will be very terrified. <laughs> Well, it's it, thank you for sharing that. I mean, it is so interesting, and I, I'm really hearing hearing this awareness that there's a there's a lot of possibility here potentially, right? Totally, and that and that there'll be certain action items that you know that as you know as a performing artist that are sort sort of obvious, right? I mean, suddenly there's new like things that you should be doing based on this, right? There's action items to be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's, also um, the. This character that I play, she's quite light. She has a comedic aspect to her, but the body of my work is very dark, high stakes, drama. 
So it will be interesting for people to discover me in this comedic role and then be able to look at the rest of my work and, you know, hopefully have like a whoa moment, you know, hopefully. Yeah. Are you having a whoa moment? Like, are you, did you surprise yourself? Yeah. I never thought I would play this role ever. Interesting. So what have you, what have you learned so far? So much in that. Wait, let's go back. Why did you never think that you would play a role like this? I never thought I would play a role like this because when I received the breakdown, the casting director that was casting, she knows me very well. My first film and television audition was with her. So I know that she was, you know, really pushing for her, her local people. But when I saw the caliber of the show, Producers of the Crown, Amazon, Left Bank, I was like, oh, wow, thanks, Andrea. But you know, I'll give it my best shot, but I think they'll bring in a name or, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was, it was something that, uh, I was really happy to show what I could do, but had no expectations whatsoever. So I really did the audition for myself and for Andrea, who is the casting director, because I knew she would just get a kick out of this crazy character that I put together and I guess she did because a month later they called and they said, we loved your tape. It was way too big. Bring it down. Mm-hmm. I I kind of did a 180 on the character. Well, not on the character, but, you know, on the, the comedic. I really grounded her um, and they they wanted to meet and they said, let's fi- let's find a middle ground between your two tapes. We did. And then I found out I got the role. But it was such a whirlwind. I really didn't think in that initial audition, I even had a shot, which definitely worked in my favor. Because if I did think I had a shot, I don't think I would have been as adventurous um, as I could have been. Yeah, that's that's a huge insight. What mm-hmm. really stands out to me is that you had totally bought into this isn't for me. So therefore, you kind of take an element of risk away. But then what yeah. I heard, right? Because what do you got to lose? Because you, in your head, you've already lost. I mean, it's it's not for yeah, me. It's but, not mine. Yeah. But, what, but it sounds like what motivated you, what made it really real was your heart center. You would, I heard you say loud and clear, I did it for her. I wanted to show her what I could do. Talk to me about that. Yeah, that's interesting. We have a very special relationship. Andrea has always pushed for me. Andrea and also her uh, partner, Randy, who they both believe in me so much and have really brought me in for the biggest projects that have come to Montreal or that, you know, that they're casting close to Montreal. And I was just, I think there was a playfulness to receiving this audition I hadn't seen Andrea in a long time. It was during the pandemic. So I knew I probably wouldn't see her for a very long time. And I felt very comfortable with her whenever I went to audition at her office. So I felt like I just wanted to send her like a fun message, I guess. So like, thanks. Like, what a fun character. Here's my spin, you know? And um it just felt fun to do. Honestly, my I had to change my perspective on auditions like in the past two to three years. I just, it, it wasn't a job opportunity anymore. It was just fun. It was playtime. That's it. I had to take that away. I had to take the desperation away. I was in LA 
I had five jobs. I just wanted to book something so I didn't have to run around with like a chicken with my head cut off. So I think really working on that part of myself and not expecting a job, but just having a 20 minute session with my friend in my apartment to just play around. That's when my career really changed. Wow. Yeah. That's that's super interesting. Yeah. So again, back to the sort of feeling of you talked to me about sort of the action items and that once you process it, you know how you're going to move it into action. I'm curious to know if it's okay with you, like internally what you've noticed so far, or maybe what you're just noticing right now about how you're receiving and perceiving things around you. I have to sit down and breathe um, because it feels a little bit like a super fun tornado. Uh, I feel like my brain is constantly going a mile a minute. Oh, someone messaged me. I want to message them back. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have interviews. It's like all like welcomed chaos right now, which I'm really enjoying. And, you know, I definitely feel like the stress in my body, obviously a good stress, but um, I feel like I don't want to miss a moment of it. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it's so it's, but it's just, I mean, I feel it. It's emanating off of you, but I I feel like even without this project, you have that. I don't know you, but my Mm -hmm. my instinct is that that's, there's part of that, that, that was, that was seen or that you, you allowed to really be you in that mindset shift that you, that you talked about, right. Where, where you put fun back in it, which is obviously a huge part of you. I mean, when I'm looking at your, you know, your bio and stuff and that, you know, the, um, she used to save the day, right. I mean, live stunt show, right. And challenging your adventurous spirit. Talk to me a little bit about your adventurous spirit and when you noticed it showing up in your life. I grew up, uh, in a small town of 2000 people. So very farm dairy farms. My backyard was probably three kilometers long. We had animals. I had a pony. It was just, I don't think I ever realized how adventurous I was until I moved to the city and started. I loved that I was in the city, of course, but I was like, oh, I have all this, this energy. <laughs> where, do, where does it go? So I, that's when I really got into fitness because I needed like my hands, my hamster wheel in the city. <laughs> so yeah, I have trouble sitting still long. I love traveling for work. Um, I love discovering new cities. When I got the idea to move to LA, I was like, let's do it. Let's just, let's just do it. I love kind of jumping in the deep end sometimes, which is, you know, pros and cons, of course, (laughs) but I feel like it's really helped me in in my life and my career to just stay curious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never, I I feel like if I had a job that I knew my hours every week and when my vacation was and all that stuff, I'm sure part of me would have a Zen about that, but I think I would get bored of it really quickly. Mm. Yeah. How long ago was it that you went to LA? Talk to me about that transition. So you went from small town farm girl, probably Mm -hmm. to high school, did your training in Montreal, I'm guessing, right? Mm -hmm. I think, yep. So, which is the big city, right? Ne- nearest yeah. to you. And then I think you went to Toronto. Is that right? In between that? Yep. That makes yeah. sense. 
Talk to me from there, like what that transition going to LA and how long you spent there, just sort of a brief, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, I lived in Toronto for about two and a half years after I moved from Montreal and I just couldn't, I just wasn't happy in that city. And I think part of it is because I was struggling so hard. I couldn't find an agent. I couldn't find, you know, auditions to save my life. So it was a little bit of a struggle. And I decided, you know what? My goal is to live in LA. And my husband is in the industry. He's a filmmaker. He obviously was on board to move as well. And we had a movie come out where we said, hey, let's go to LA for two months. The movie's coming out. Great time to, you know, meet up with some people and have a little heat. So we went down and a month into being in Los Angeles, I was like, we got to stay. I love it here. And so we started the application for the green card and waited, I think, about nine months to get a yes or no if we could stay or not. So those nine months were stressful. Can't work. Can't leave. You know, I don't know how they expect people to live, but that's what we had to do. And uh I, when we found out we got our green cards, I was just like, oh, I was crying, it, you know, because in a way you're thinking, wow, my whole, like, at least this version of my dream is weighing on this. That's stressful, you know? So once we got the yes, it was great. We stayed for about six years, made some great connections, some great friends. We found our LA people, which was great because I had spoken to a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I don't like LA. I don't like people, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, we we definitely found a great group of friends. And I could see how some people wouldn't like LA, you know, depending where you live and all that stuff. But oh. if you live with with all the artists, you know, you find some good people, the real artists. Absolutely. So yeah. how long have you been back or what what brought you back to Canada? The pandemic brought us back. Once the pandemic hit, no work in Los Angeles, yeah. uh, everything, fitness, water world, acting, everything was shut down. And my grandmother was um, was ill. So I decided to come home and take care of her for about three and a half months. Mm. And as soon as I landed, I was like, we have to come home. I just like had this feeling that we had to come home. Yeah. So after three and a half months, I flew back to Los Angeles. We packed up a U-Haul and drove home. Wow. Yeah. What at what point in that did you audition for Three Pines? I auditioned for that. I would say we moved back in November, and I auditioned for Three Pines for the first time. I think in June. Oh, interesting. July. So it happened after you after you came home. Yeah, it happened after we came home. Hmm. It honestly, as soon as we moved to Canada, it has been nonstop. It's been so busy which is fantastic. I think they had to also hire a lot more Canadians for the projects that were shooting up here during the pandemic. So, so many amazing Canadian actors got some really awesome roles and opportunities, which was fantastic. Yeah. And it's so busy. It's busy, busy, busy here. Oh, Great. That's yeah. so good. I'm so happy to hear that. It's interesting. Actually in three pines, Gamash says something about, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something about, um, uh, the biggest mistake you can make is, is taking actions on assumptions. Yeah. Something to that effect. Totally. What, what do you think about that statement for yourself? Oh, I think that's a great statement. Um, I definitely, like I said, didn't think I would book this role, uh, especially in this career. I mean, in any career in life, 
we assume so much and you know I feel like the older we get the more situations we've been in we realize that there aren't really any rules so don't assume ask especially uh being a, a part of you know this project that I just did where it was my first series regular role where I felt like I had more control where I was able to have say about my character a little bit more it, it gave me this like confidence this different kind of confidence where I felt like well you know instead of saying like oh well if I ask that like maybe you know maybe they'll say no or whatever and now I just have more confidence to be like hey um, can I have access to that or, or can we do, you know, like just to speak up a little bit more, which feels really nice, um, gives you a little more control or at least makes you feel like you have a little more control, I guess. Do yeah. we have any, I don't know. But <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. that's, it's really interesting. I mean, in the work I do, I talk about, you know, shifting energy, meaning literally, you know, if you have like a, a certain amount of energy that you're spending towards something, right? If you yeah. repurpose it, which you did with your assumptions, right? Now, because now that now that you're in it, something shifted, right? So now you have more room, less room for assumptions, but more room for this confidence that you're talking about, or for this new, right, more positive yeah. um, anabolic energy, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It feels it feels great just to know that especially as actors, we're always so used to not having control, um, just being kind of, I hate this word, but being kind of desperate, willing to, mm. to like, just like sit there and shut up because you want this job. Mm. So it's just nice to, you know, have room to have a little bit more space. To do what you do best. Yeah. Right. Isn't it ironic that, that actors who are so, you know, brilliantly, you know, gifted at, at doing what they do. Sometimes we only get the tip of the iceberg because they don't feel the permission to, to do it. Right. So. Absolutely. And permission, I think is, well, it's huge for me. That's one thing I've noticed. If someone gives me permission in life, I will go 110% or if they say I can't do it. So I love that. Talk to me about that. So when someone <laughs> yeah. says to you, you can't, what do you, you, you rise oh, up? Oh, I, I like, I don't, it's just competitive, competitive, not competing with anybody else, I guess, but just competing like with myself, like, oh, you don't think I can do that? Oh, I can do that. It's it. just pushed me to like so many levels. Mm -hmm. And my husband really knows I have that button and he uses it sometimes during the pandemic because I'm self-taping all the time from home. Mm. I can Zoom with friends as readers, which I do many, many times, but it's nice to have a, you know, a human in the room with you, reading yeah. with you. So he will, and he's a director, so it always helps. So he'll read with me. And sometimes, you know, if I'm not getting the scene or I find a challenge in the scene, be like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think this is me. And like, he'll find some way to challenge me. And I'm like, okay, let's go. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a great motivator sometimes, right? It is. Yeah, it really is. As long as it's not always, it's good. Yeah, no, that makes it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So what is your definition of living in the moment? My definition is just among the chaos, being able to recognize that you're in a tornado but being able 
to take a breath and enjoy that no matter what tornado you're in, I think is important because I think like the momentum sometimes of either tragedy or excitement, like you're on the ride, right? And it's just like, you're gone. But I feel like good moments, bad moments to be able to just like slow down that momentum and say like, okay, like, you know, my grandmother passed away a few years ago, but I was able to be in the room right after she passed with my family and be like, this is a beautiful moment. This is really nice. It's shitty, but this is actually a really nice moment for everyone. So I think, you know what I mean? Like just being able to like halt for a second. 100%. And it sounds like pull back, zoom out as well. Right. Yeah. 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 That's really beautiful. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of assumptions, what do most people assume about you that they get wrong? Do you think? That I'm not nice. They assume that you're not nice? When they've, <laughs> let's say they don't know me at all. Okay. Um, so many people meet me in real life and they're like, oh my God, you're so nice. And I'm like, okay. I guess because of a lot of people have seen me play really dramatic stuff or, you know, that's mostly what they see of me. They uh, assume I'm like this, like, stunty, badass, like, I'm going to punch you in the face, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so many people, uh, Gavin's friends, because Gavin will post, sorry, Gavin is my husband. Okay. He will post, you know, all, he's he's a very proud husband. He's awesome like that. And (laughs) I'll meet his friends, especially now that we live in Windsor, his hometown. I'll meet his friends, and they're always like, she's so nice. Because they only see me through Facebook or whatever. That's funny. Yeah. Interesting. So, How does that make you feel? Like when, are you surprised? Like, yeah, I was surprised at first, but now it just makes me feel like I'm doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. That's awesome. What What's one, what would you say is one big audacious goal that, um, or dream that you have that, that um, you haven't really even put out in the universe yet? there's something you'd like to share? I want to travel more. Mm. Travel for pleasure would Mm. be nice more. I travel for work, which is great. Love it. But I want to feed the adventurous soul. Mm. I haven't surfed for quite a few years. I surfed when I moved to Los Angeles. I have Costa Rica on my bucket list. I have Australia on my bucket list. So many places. So I would like to set up my life in a way that I work. And then I have some time off that I can be like, see you later. Mm. Go explore. Yeah. Put all your energy into that adventure. Yeah. 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 That's brilliant. I mean, it's interesting because it does sound like you're living a beautiful kind of balanced. I mean, you're getting lots of adventure in your work, which is really, really cool. But I'm hearing you say that I really want to devote some time to my first love of adventure. (laughs) I do. Yeah. I just want to go, you know, ride horses in the Rockies. Why not? Well, yeah, 100%. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's too many beautiful things to see. And like, I'm starting to get FOMO. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. What's something that you've seen recently that you kind of go, dang, I want to do that, but I don't have time. Iceland. Mm. Yeah. They have, uh, they put out a special flights out of Detroit for like, I think $500 return. 
Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that would be fun. And everyone says, if you're an outdoorsy person, Iceland is just fantastic. Totally. totally. Yeah. That's super cool. That would be oh, fun. It, yeah. Is there something like, what's one thing that you don't want people to know about you that, you know, yeah. I know that's a kind of a, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. No, I will. Um, I think one thing that I don't want people to know about me, which they probably do, but I think they don't, is um, that I can be really sensitive. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have more of like a tough, you know, I'm fine. It's good. But yeah, I think that I, that I can be really sensitive. Hmm. And I don't want to show it. Like I, I'm definitely more emotional than I show, yep. which I think I get. But that's why I love performing because I can live through really interesting, crazy moments without. Um, I guess just you know, it's there's no stakes in my real life. Obviously, in the work there is, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun and weird, I guess. No, it's super interesting because it's like a such a paradox. I love paradoxes because on the one hand, the way you live your life and we with our conversation about adventure, right? The ultimate and risk for you sounds like would be to not have you know, not to sort of uh, conduit your your sensitivity through a character, which actually really serves you because it's it's what you do and you're serving others and it's safe because you're good at that. Mm-hmm. But but I'm hearing that the vulnerability piece is really hard. Yeah. yeah. Personally, yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, it is. But, you know, therapy is a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and there's no, it's funny because, you know, especially in this world that we live in now, like there's a thing about vulnerability as being a badge these days, you know, like it's, and you know, we we talk about toxic positivity. What about toxic vulnerability too? Do you know what I mean? Like there's a certain, certain sort of range of like, you know, we're all on a spectrum in every moment, in every day, in the big picture, in the world, in our family, in our work. And I think this, you know, and I, I mean, I work, you know, obviously, you know, as a coach, I, I work with this and mindset and stuff, but it's not about attaining one mindset, just as it's not about getting one gig, right? I mean, or playing right. one role. Right. It's about being able to access all the parts of you so that when you need to play a role, you can, let's say, exactly. or, right? Yeah. And do it in a healthy way too. Mm-hmm. Because I remember earlier in my career, well, geez, right up to, not long ago, I mean, you know, we'll have different triggers for, you know, and they'll last a certain amount of time and then they'll get stale and you need a new trigger. (laughs) Most, you know, for emotion and things like that, I used to use like, you know, sad triggers, all those things that you can think about, dog, parents, grandparents, whatever. And then that stopped working for me like a few months ago. And I was like, hmm. Am I losing it? You know, <laughs> am I losing my gift? And then all of a sudden I realized what was what would what was useful to get me emotional was thinking about all the things I was happy about. Just like a total 180. And I was like, oh, that's I, that feels healthier, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so interesting. It's it's really interesting because the way you triggered yourself to do what you do well always worked until it didn't. And that's that's your edge. 
that's literally your edge. And that's where you, you recognize that what got you here is not going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. 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 You don't want to damage yourself or you don't want to, you know, just start phoning it in if you can't, because you know it. And that's like, that'll take away your confidence as a performer. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's nothing wrong with doing it the way you did it. It's just not serving you anymore. Like don't spend any energy going back going, "Eh, yeah, that wasn't healthy. it worked and it was fine and and you used it and you're here. You obviously didn't kill you. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, was, there was nothing bad about it, right? Looking in retrospect, it, it's a waste of time really saying other than anything we can mine as a gift to say, hmm, how can I use that moving forward? This information. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That makes That's pretty cool. I'm excited for you in that yeah. sort of new, it, it was timed well too, right? Synchronicity. I wonder. I think so. Wow. I think so too. What do you know will will stay true about you really, no matter what happens? What can no one take away from you? My sense of humor. Mm. I love to laugh and have fun. And I think that's just in me. Yeah. And... Yeah, I feel like no one could really take that away from me because I can make funny jokes in my head. <laughs> I don't have to say them out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I drive too. Mm. Yeah. I if really you couldn't do what you do, like if you couldn't act or let's say you couldn't even be in the arts, what what would you do, do you think? Before I discovered I wanted to be an actor, I my uncle was the spokesperson for a car company that sponsors a lot of equestrian events. Hmm. So he did PR for them. He would travel, present trophies, whatever, you know, golf tournament or whatever he would. uh, So he was kind of there to like celebrate, have fun. And I was like, wow, that's such a fun job. I would love to do that. So that's what I wanted to do. I was going to go into communications. Cool. And then my high school started an arts program the last two years of high school for me. Yeah. And I got cast in a play and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> how, do you want, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered by someone who is generous, hmm. who likes to take care of other people. And who people remember as being really fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be like the fun, you know, I don't want children, but I, I love kids. I just don't want my own. I'm going to be a fun aunt. You uh, know, they can come. I'll be like, yeah, I'm in LA shooting for the next three months. Come like that. You know, I, that's, I want to have meaningful relationships with, you know, my nephews and my nieces, but yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I guess I just want to be known as like the fun aunt. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs a fun aunt. Do you have, right. I actually meant to ask you where, where do you fall in that? Do you have siblings and I have an older brother. Got it. I was curious. Cause when you were talking about growing up and being like really adventurous and ballsy and all that kind of thing, I was like, and, and I meant to ask you earlier, like, Oh, I wonder if she was like brought up with like a lot of brothers, but just one, right. One older brother and his friends. Like I would always want to hang out with the guys always do what the guys were doing high school hung out with his friends 
dated his friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I was always kind of like, uh, yeah, just always with the dudes. I had a lot of girlfriends too, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like the, um, you know, sometimes there's like cattiness or, I mean, it happens on both sides, but I was like, I was afraid to get too close to girls. I would say I would, I, it was easier with the dudes. Yeah. They were too fit. The girls are too feely, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, didn't want to be feely. Yeah. Understandable. Right. Uh, yeah. I love that though. But then we That's... grow up and find out, well, men are actually more sensitive. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They just, they just don't know how to do it. They just don't know how to, yeah. How to navigate that. That's, mm-hmm. that's super interesting. But I relate because <laughs> it's hard for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Is it important to you? To to be able to like to be vulnerable? Yeah. Yes, because I feel like I need I need those moments to draw on in my life. I need to live life to the fullest. So I think the most important parts are when we're vulnerable. Mm. And if I feel so much better after I am, of course. That's interesting. What what does it look like to you, vulnerability? Like how how do you define it? Because I think it's defined differently for everybody, right? I think being vulnerable is being too scared to say something, but saying it anyways. Mm. I guess talking your truth, even though it's terrifying. That would be vulnerability to me, mm-hmm. whether it's sad, happy, scary, like being able to just tell someone something truthful that you want to tell them. It's pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, first of all, for sharing that. Um, what's the fear? Like, what's the perceived fear? You know, and I understand that. I hear you. I, I, you know, and it's interesting you said in saying it anyways, what's, what's the fear? Like, what is the worst case scenario? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it could, sometimes it could become from somewhere that you're not sure complete or you don't completely understand your feelings. Mm-hmm. So that can be confusing. And maybe unclear to the other person or your feelings might change. So you feel like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't mention it now because I'm not a hundred percent sure like where I'm going with this Yeah. or fear of rejection, fear of being shamed judgment, basically I would say. So let's do the the rapid fire. Okay. So I'm going to say what makes you and you say whatever comes to your mind. Okay, great. Okay. So what, what inspires you? Anything around me. Love it. What makes you sad? Lonely old people. Hmm. I could I could cry just thinking about it right now. That's interesting. I mean, uh, why? When I see them in public, maybe I make up a story, but I imagine like when someone's like old and struggling and alone, I'm just like, oh my god! Like imagine having no one no one left to be with or take care of you. Oh, breaks my heart. Sounds like that's a good tool for you. Yeah. Right. Thank you. We just discovered another one for the old toolbox. That was pretty especially, incredible. Especially old men. Huh? 
Because I feel like old women can take care of themselves. But old men, I don't know. There's something about it. Mm. What what frustrates you? Oh, I just got like full of something. What frustrates me? Uh, um, like running out of patience. Ugh. That frustrates huh. like when when like you're just like waiting for something to happen and it won't happen. That frustrates me. Interesting. So you mean running out of patience, or do you mean just having to be patient? Okay, I guess having to be patient. I guess the frustration comes when I've run out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an important distinction, right? Would you consider yourself a patient person? No. Yeah. Is that because you haven't had to be and things have worked well in, with your rhythm or? I think so. Yeah. Mm. I've like, honestly, I don't have very many complaints in life. And I think the things that I do get frustrated with are not like, let's be honest, it's not anything that you know is life-changing well I mean you know life-changing to me yes but yeah it's just I I I find it hard to get something out of my head when it's in my head yeah I get obsessive a little bit well it's really interesting because your your body changed completely when you went oh I just something came up in me what was it what was your brain where did it go did it did it actually take you to a, something that you can share that is a is is a recent frustration or was it just purely visceral because it seemed so like present. I think it was just visceral. Yeah. Because I can't think of a specific. Interesting. You know, but, oh yeah, I don't know why. When I know something's coming, like anticipation, it like, it really frustrates me. How do you do? Are you good with anticipation? Like, are you like, or are you better with just motion? I'm better with motion. If I'm feeling anxious or something like that, I, I run. Just put on my headphones and my running shoes and I run, run, run. Yeah. What makes you, what makes you hungry? Like physically hungry or like, like hungry. Whatever you like. (laughs) What came to mind first? Food. (laughs) Cool. Uh, What makes me hungry is the smell of fresh bread. Mm. I cannot resist. I love it. That's it. And if it were to be if it were to be something more esoteric or altruistic, what would it be? And it doesn't maybe there isn't anything right now. That's fine. Uh, uh, well, right now I could say that what makes me hungry is a challenge. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. Cool. What makes you angry? People that are mean for no reason. Mm. Or. I mean, any reason, like there's no reason to be mean, but you know, when someone's just having a bad day and they just like want to make someone else have a bad day. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. Some people that are mean to service people. I was a waitress forever and I'm people that serve clientele, like customer service, any kinds of those jobs. I have so much respect for yeah. and people who are rude to these people I can't deal with that. I I can't. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Finally, what makes you grateful? My family, Mm. my dog. Um, And I'm really grateful that I have really a really strong support system. Mm. 
family, friends. I'm, I'm really, really lucky with that. That's pretty cool. I think, yeah, having just having everyone be able to be along for the ride is really fun. Mm. I brought my mom to the premiere and my gosh, she had so much fun. I bet. And I love seeing that. That was that was more fun to watch than the show. <laughs> That's cool. All the residual joy, right? From the thing. Yeah. Love it. Big joy. Yeah. yeah. Feel very open right now with great healing. Oh, well, and I mean, yeah, my pleasure just to hold space. I mean, I just I feel that artists in particular rarely get that because they're so busy giving or so busy perceiving what is needs needed to be given or, you know, showing mm-hmm. up in a certain way and all of that. And it's a huge joy to me just to offer that to yeah. artists. Well, and it's such it's also so nice and refreshing. You have amazing questions and it like it makes you reflect. And I'll be thinking about these questions like, mm-hmm. you know, for quite a few days. You like you know, you just kind of replay it in your head. And it's, it's, I don't know. I just love talking and discovering more things about myself and other people. I love that. Does it make you, is it more fun or more vulnerable for you? Ooh, I would say vulnerable. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you had fun being vulnerable a little bit though. Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. I just, I just need someone to be like, push me Mm. push me out of the plane (laughs) Mm. yeah I feel like once that once I open up I feel like it flows but um it's just like that initial it's beautiful you have a beautiful energy oh thank you yeah it's very beautiful what are the top three things that have happened so far today I got to hang out with my mother-in-law nice I had an amazing ride on my Peloton and my dog got the cutest haircut. <laughs> really short or? Yeah, it's a little short, but he needed What kind it. of dog do you have? He's a Yorkie mixed with Pomeranian. He looks oh like an gosh. Ewok. Oh my gosh. He's very cute. And so finally, what are you most looking forward to? I'm most looking forward to, man. I am most looking forward to, that's a really hard one. I think just getting back to work. Mm. Yeah. Seeing what's next. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Getting back to work. Feel good with that one? I feel good with that one. Oh my gosh, I can't thank you enough for spending this time with me. Again, I know you're really busy and it's been such a joy speaking with you, truly. Thank you so much. It's been a joy for me. It's my pleasure. Uh, I've been speaking today with Sarah Booth. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.